StoryQ Podcast, Episode 20. Welcome, my friend, to the StoryQ Podcast. This is the podcast that connects you to the world of barbecue and the people who eat, sleep, breathe, cook, and eat real barbecue. Wow, Episode 20 of the StoryQ Podcast. Who knew? Actually... Let me tell you what has happened with episode 20. Now, obviously, this is the one, but episode 20 should have happened two weeks ago. And the reason it didn't is we had a technical snafu at the last minute that we just couldn't overcome. I had done an interview with Bob Trudnack, who developed and is the president and uh, the chief mind and creative guy behind the Barbecue Guru. And if you're familiar with the Barbecue Guru, you know it's one of the most popular heat controllers on the barbecue circuit or in the barbecue industry worldwide. So Bob is a busy guy. I got him to sit down for an interview. The interview went spectacular. He's just a great guy like all of our guests seem to be, and they are. Uh, And at the end of the uh, episode, I sign off with Bob, and as I'm assembling this and I'm putting the tracks together, well, Bob's portion comes out beautiful, except my portion sounds like I'm on helium. And it's all sped up. And my portion sounds something like this. How it happened, I have no idea. A ghost in the machine. We tried everything we could to re-edit it, to redo my portions of it, and it just didn't work. And rather than put the podcast out late or in a form that you know kind of isn't up to our quality standards, we decided to just let that one go and pick up the next time around, which is this episode. So, I have been in contact with Bob Trudnack of Barbecue Guru. He will be up in two weeks. He will be our next guest. We're going to redo the whole interview, and uh, you don't want to miss that. You don't want to miss this episode either, because Bob Oldfield is just a great guy. He is our guest this week. He's the president of the Rocky Mountain Barbecue Association, and he has a great story of not only how he got into barbecue, but also the many places barbecue has taken him, and more importantly, the many relationships that Bob has cultivated over the years on the barbecue circuit. That is what sustains him through lots of travel over the spring, summer, and fall months. He has cooked and won contests all over the vast Rocky Mountain region. He has cooked at the American Royal and the Jack Daniels Barbecue Championships. Now, you didn't get into any of those two events without being one of the top barbecue chefs in the country. But as you hear, or will hear, Bob is just another down-to-earth guy who loves barbecue and has cultivated his craft, and he's one of the top guys in the biz. So, without further ado, here's our guest on the Milestone 20th episode of the StoryQ podcast, Bob Oldfield. Hey, Bob. Thanks very much for joining us on the StoryQ podcast. You're welcome. It's good to be here. Well, it is good to have you. I have, uh, I don't know if you and I have ever really crossed paths. We have a couple of times at a couple of different events, um, but I don't think we've been formally introduced, but uh, you're now the president of the Rocky Mountain Barbecue Association. I've been a member for probably seven or eight years and love everything that's going on. And I want to talk a little bit about that as we get into the podcast. But as we start out, I want to ask you this. Everybody has a journey that led them in some way to barbecue. What was yours? Well, you know, we've always enjoyed doing barbecue. Uh, This goes back to the Weber Kettle days and uh, the Brinkman water smokers and so forth. But uh, back in 2004, 
they had a contest in Denver, and I thought, well, I'll just go down and check it out, and kind of hungry for some ribs, so I'll see what they've got. And uh, actually, I left that a little disappointed, and I thought, you know, I can do better than that. And from that point on, um, I bought a little 36-inch offset smoker, kept my Weber kettle, and we proceeded to go with a whole trailer loaded junk up to the Frisco contest, which was probably not a wise decision being the contest Frisco is. Uh-huh. But uh, we did, and I pulled into the parking space, and I realized I wasn't ready for this. <laughs> it's a whole new deal. But uh, it went through the whole cook, and we ended up 48 out of 78. So I didn't think that was too bad for not knowing at all what I was doing. But uh, that's kind of kind of where we started. Wow. Most of the things I had on that trailer I got rid of, but uh, kept the old smoker for a while. Well, I know Frisco, that is the actual first real barbecue contest that I went to. And I was just uh, kind of knocked out by the scope of it, the size of it, um, all the selling teams, and then all the non-selling teams, and all the different smokers and, and setups and the personalities of the people. And it was just – it's an amazing event. If anybody is within driving distance of Colorado, you really should – take in the Frisco contest, which is in June, I believe, every year. Yes. And uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's worth it. It's just a lot of fun, and you're going to be able to sample some really terrific barbecue from some ch barbecue champions like Bob, who we're talking to right here. What has been the best thing about being part of the world of barbecue for you? You know, probably the main thing is the friendships you, you develop over the years. Um, you know, we've, we've met people from Tennessee to California that we're still in contact with. You don't see them every day, but um, we really enjoy that. And just traveling to the new events, um, we enjoy traveling anyway, so uh, we really enjoy that. But the friendship is a big thing. You just um, That's something you just need to, to be part of. Yeah, it really is. You know, as, as we said earlier on, that I've been a member of the Rocky Mountain Barbecue Association for for maybe seven or eight years, and um, just the little bit that I've known about you, of just bumping into you at various different contests and people that I know that know you, I can't think of a better choice for president than having you there. Tell us what you do as president of the Rocky Mountain Barbecue Association to advance and enhance the world of barbecue. Well, thank you for the compliment. Um, I've actually been the president for a few years. I took last year off. And uh, I thought maybe I'd been on the board for six years, and I thought maybe it was just time to turn it over to someone else. And getting into it, I, I, I just missed it so much that I had, had to get back in. So here we are again. But, um, you know, the, the things that, that we offer, we try and do some backyard classes um, with very little cost to, to kind of pull people in, get them started and going. We do a lot of advertising on Facebook and the Rocky Mountain website, um, forums, and, of course, we all put up banners at the contest. So sure. people are aware of Rocky Mountain Barbecue. Um, 
we're always in contact with KCBS, going over rules and judging um, any new events that happen to come up. Are there some new events on the Rocky Mountain Barbecue schedule this year? Actually, there are. There's one in, uh, that just came on board is Zabzorki, Montana, which is kind of a stretch out there, but we have a lot of teams up in that area, so it works out good for them. They don't have to travel so far down this way. But, yeah, we've got them in, in Montana, uh, South Dakota, Wyoming, uh, New Mexico, Kansas, all around. So they actually cover about nine states. Wow, that's, that's a big effort. Um, how many sanctioned contests are on the calendar for this year? Right now we've got 21. Wow, that's, that's a lot of events. It is. Uh, that stays pretty consistent. Uh, as the years go, you'll have some that drop off, but there's always new ones coming on board. So it's, it's pretty consistent, 20 to 24. Of all those events, how many will you cook at this year? Last year we did 22. Uh, this year, I've said for a couple of years, I was going to cut back a little bit, but I find that hard to do. Uh, so <laughs> I'll probably end up with maybe 18. That's, that's still a pretty active summertime for, for a barbecue competitor. It is. It's, it's almost every weekend. And, uh, of course, then at the end of the year, we've got the Jack Daniels that we go to and, uh, the American Royal. So those are kind of the, the cap contest for our season but uh... you know most of the listeners to the story q podcast um and we talked about this with the rocky mountain barbecue association most of us are just backyard barbecuers how would joining any barbecue association in their area help them out well you know there's you by joining you have access of course to all of the forms some uh, you can you can get on without being members, but some things are members only, so that's a help. Uh, you're always going to pick up tips on cooking. Uh, any team's willing to help a new team. But if you're not a member, well, maybe you won't get quite so much information. So so that's that's the big thing. Is It's just um, you pick up a lot from being a member. Yeah, I would totally agree with that because since I became a member, not only have I, you know, gone to more contests and I've I've been on the verge of competing for years, but I've never actually go gone ahead and, and done it. But um, you know, the the classes that uh, that you can take. In fact, one of them when I, I think it was the first year that I joined the RMBBQA, and there was a class put on. Um, we did it in Commerce City, and the people that were doing the class were uh, Bill, and I can't think of his last name, of Texas Rib Rangers. Oh, yeah, Texas Rib Rangers, and probably Steve Mars was there. Steve Mars, of course, uh -huh. was there. Um, and uh, there was, you know, so I went to this. That was the first event I've ever been, had really ever been to after Frisco. And it's a cooking class. And, you know, it was only 200 bucks. Started at 7 in the morning, ended at 5 in the afternoon. Somehow we got all that food cooked. Everybody went home with more barbecue than they knew what to do with. And it was really inspiring and really caused me to step up my game, just even in the backyard. So if any of you out there that are listen to the podcast and are kind of dabbling in the world of barbecue, find out the closest barbecue association to you 
and either join it because it's it's really minimal. I think our registration fee or membership fee is what thirty five bucks a year, something like that. Yeah, what you get back is really worth it, probably t- tenfolds over. Um, speaking of classes, I know you do barbecue classes now. Was it your success on the barbecue tour that led you to start offering your own classes? Well, it was, and the longer I cooked, um, you see the same teams year after year, but there weren't really that many coming in to compete, new new teams. And I thought, you know, something needs to bring these people that are backyard cooks into the competition side of it. And uh, so I thought, well, why not just put on a few classes? And at that point, we had... Oh, we had won Rocky Mountain Championship, I guess, at that time, three times. And uh, so I thought, well, I I can help these guys out. So we started doing some of those, and we still do some competition classes as well as backyard classes. So, um, yeah, it's – I enjoy doing it um, more just to get – to see the teams that that actually do get into it after a class and seeing them do well. Yeah, that must be fun. It is. It really is. Can you share what one of your barbecue classes looks like? Well, we do a class that basically is a competition cook from start to finish. Um, We go over all the meat trimmings, uh, the injections, the sauces, the rubs, the whole thing, and then we'll cook all four meats, the chicken, ribs, pork, and brisket, and it's all on a time schedule. So this is, we'll start early in the morning, about 6 o'clock in the morning, and this runs up until 5 o'clock at night. Uh, we go into turn-in boxes, what they should look like. We'll make boxes for them, um, how to trim your finished product, what the judges are looking for, Kind of anything you need to know. Any questions that they've got, uh, we're here to answer. So they walk away uh, with the ability to put it all to good use and go compete in a contest. You may not win the first one, although we have had some to do that. Do you feel the enthusiasm from the students as the class grows? You know, they're coming in, they're being taught by somebody like your, yourself. And I know that in this region, in the Rocky Mountain area, you've developed quite a name for yourself as a, uh, as a competition cook and someone who does classes. Do you, get, do you get the feel that people are getting excited, even though it's their first class and they may or not be competing, but they're, from what you're teaching them and what they're tasting, they're starting to get excited about the possibilities? They are. You know, we've had a number of them come in just thinking, well, they want to improve their backyard skills and cook some good barbecue at home. And partway into the class, they're they're getting more involved, asking more competition-related questions. And by the time they leave, uh, the majority of them are, are wanting to get out and do some comps. Yeah, I'll bet. I'll bet, which can be a little expensive, but, you know um... – you know, you look at people like yourself who you went to a contest, you just had this little 36-inch offset cooker and a few other things. And really, you know what? That's all you need to start out. I mean, if you've got a Weber kettle, you can you pay the, the, the entry fee and you can go up there and get your feet wet or your hands dirty, so to speak. Sure. And, you know, who knows? You may luck out and win something. You may not. But even if you don't, like you said earlier on in this, Bob, that the friendships that you develop and the people that you meet are really more valuable than sometimes even a, getting a ribbon or a, or a cash prize. 
Oh, they are. You know, and and you don't have to have the big shiny smokers and and all the high dollar equipment. Uh, you just need to know how to make what you've got work. And uh, there's a lot to that, but um, it could all be done. And uh, these these teams that just start out, the first time they win a ribbon, uh, they're hooked. <laughs> you know, you just keep coming back. I, I can see why. It's just really a good time. Uh, what you have now? You have some classes coming up this year. We're going to try and do something in May. Now, I don't know if it's going to be a competition class just yet or if we're going to try and do a backyard class, a a kind of a modified backyard class. We've got a number of judges that judge, but they've never cooked. And so we're trying to pull some of these guys in um, to see what it's all about, and uh, maybe they'll come out and start cooking too. You just never yeah, know. That would, that would be interesting. But, uh, yeah, sometime in May, we're going to do something. Would you advertise that on the Rocky Mountain Barbecue website or on your Facebook page? Or It'll be on my website. It'll be on Rocky Mountain's website, uh, rmbbqa.org. Um, if we do a competition class, there will be an ad in the bullshit, the Kansas City paper, too. Okay. So uh, it's easy to find. What is your website? It's for those that know me, it's butts and bones, burning bobs, butts and bones dot com. And those that don't, it's burning bobs, butts and letter in bones dot com. Okay, so either way, go to that website, you'll get a lot of information. And if Bob's taking a class, yeah, and that, that kind of gives you my whole story and what we do, what we've done in the past, and awards and pictures and. A number of things, so it's. I think it's interesting anyway. You know, the last time I saw you at a competition, you were traveling with your RV, which I assume you still have that? Yes. Mm -hmm. What kind of cooker are you using these days? I built this myself back in 2009. And um, first time out, we won GC with it. Wow. And in fact, we won the, the Rocky Mountain Championship that year, so... Cooker came out pretty well. <laughs> maybe maybe you should start getting into making cookers or designing them and have somebody else make them for you. Oh, yeah, that's a lot of work. It, it took me yeah. eight months to build this thing. Wow. But, but it paid off. Yeah, I'll say it did. I'll say it did. Well, this has been great. Just before I, I let you go, and I really appreciate your time being here on the Story Cube podcast, what would be the best advice you would give? And I ask this to everybody that comes on the podcast. What's the best advice that you would give to the backyard barbecuer who wants to take his cooking to the next level, whether it just be the next level in the backyard or the next level stepping up from the backyard to a KCBS-sanctioned competition? Well, probably if, if you're going to do some serious competing, or even if not serious, but if you're going to go compete – Take a class, and the reason I say that is not to promote classes, but you'll save so much money in experimenting on your own. Um, and I don't know, I've burned up hundreds of pounds of meat and, and gallons of sauce and stuff before I ever talked to someone. Uh, back when I started, there really weren't many classes out there. So it's just kind of word of mouth. And... I got talking to Johnny Trigg one day, and he gave me a few tips, and, and 
in 15 minutes conversation, um, I had enough to where I could step up a ways. You know, it helps a lot. You need good equipment. Um, the Home Depot type stores that, that sell smokers, that's not the way to go. You need a, a decent smoker, but you can use the, the Weber kettles too. And uh, the Smoky Mountains, they work good, but you just need a lot of practice and you can make them work. Just, just get to know your own equipment. Yeah, great advice. I have a Weber uh, Smoky Mountain cooker. I have the 22-inch size, and I really love it. I mean, for uh, for the for the money that you have to put into it, um, whether you're just you know tending the fire and using the vents, or you put a heat controller on it, it really puts out some great barbecue. And a lot of people win with that that little piece of equipment. Well, they do. Um, we've been beaten a number of times by the Smoky Mountain, and. Uh, yeah, it's it's all on knowing how to use your equipment. Yep, it really is. It really is. You know, you mentioned Johnny Trigg, and just in closing, I want to tell you a quick story. At that first contest that I went to up in Frisco, the uh, Saturday morning, my wife and I are walking around. It's, you know, maybe 10 o'clock in the morning, and, you know, everybody's kind of got their heads down concentrating on what they're doing because it's two hours before turn-in. And um, we come across this one site, um, big RV tent out, um, kind of a older, tall gentleman with silver hair and, but looked really healthy and he's working on his pit and he's got, and I'm talking about Johnny Trigg, but he's got, which I think at the time was this Jambo pit, because now that I know the Jambo pits and what they look like, it looked like a Corvette. Right. It had this blue metal flake paint on it. I mean, it was beautiful. And I'm standing there just looking at this thing. And he just walks over like the Texas gentleman that he is and says, hi, how's it going? I said, great. I said, man, this is a beautiful pit. You know, and he, he starts telling me about it and showing different things like that and talking about various different things and just couldn't be a nicer guy. And here it is, you know, 10 o'clock Saturday morning. And I said, well, thanks. You know, nice talking to you. And I walk off. And maybe three, six months later, I'm watching some barbecue show and all of a sudden, Here's Johnny Trigg on this thing, and I'm going, I talked to that guy. <laughs> you know, he, he's, he's, re he's recognized as one of the most, uh, I mean, best cooks. He's out almost every week of the year. He's been on so many different shows and won so many different awards, and yet one of the nicest guys you'd ever meet and so eager to help you get better at what you want to do. You know, he really is, and he won't steer you wrong. Uh, he'll tell it like it is. And if, if he doesn't want to talk to someone, he'll certainly let him know. <laughs> he, <laughs> but, he's not shy about that. No, but at the same time, he's, he's a nice person. Yeah, absolutely. And those are the kind of friends you develop over the years. You bet. And uh, I think you're one of those people, Bob. And next time uh, I see you somewhere at a contest or whatever, if I can come over and say hi and shake your hand, I'll certainly do that. And uh, We'll do that, and um, we'll be at Frisco this year, so... If you're out and around, drop up. I hope to be up there, and uh, we'll definitely do that. We'll get together. But thanks very much for your time. I really appreciate you being on the Story Cube podcast and wish you uh, all the luck in competitions and safe travels for the upcoming season. And thank you very much. We'll hope to see you later. You bet. Bye, Frank.
Well, that's our podcast this week. Hope you enjoyed it. My thanks once again to Bob Oldfield, president of the Rocky Mountain Barbecue Association, and the chief cook and supporter and the brains behind Burning Bob's Butts and Bones. That's the name of his barbecue team. So if you see him out there on the circuit this summer, be sure to say hi and mention that you listen to his podcast here on StoryQ. Hey, if you're not a subscriber to StoryQ magazine, you can become part of our barbecue family right now. Just go to StoryQ.com. That's S-T-O-R-Y-Q-U-E.com and sign up. Then each month you'll get StoryQ magazine delivered to your inbox or newsstand to read and enjoy and salivate over the amazing pictures. Once again, that's StoryQ.com. That's our digital magazine and you will love it. Once again, my thanks to Laverne Gingrich, the president and publisher of StoryQ magazine magazine for making these podcasts possible and thank you for listening before i go i want to remind you that we are always open and eager to hear your suggestions not only on how we can make the podcast better how we can make the magazine better who are the guests you would like us to interview so please get in touch tell us one way or the other whether you like what we're doing you don't like what we're doing how we can make it better we're doing this with you and for you so you're part of our team so tell us how we're doing and how we can get better that is our goal is to make each and every episode of the podcast better each and every issue of the magazine better so you can send your comments and suggestions to laverne at storyq.com or to me frank at bbqchefs.us the storyq podcast is published on the first and third friday of each month almost always. So until next time, I'm Frank Erickson saying thanks very much for listening. Have a great time with barbecue and God bless. Mm-hmm.